From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 201, and today I'm joined by Bob Saget. You probably know Bob from Full House, Fuller House, and as well as America's Funniest Home Videos. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down, uh, I'm in, or not even isolation anymore. You're in quarantine, though. Yeah, uh, I love quarantine. It gives me time with my thoughts. Yeah, so I'm Jeremy, and I've not seen this film, and I'm sitting down with... Uh, Robert, Bob Saget, Robert Saget. In, <laughs> Robert in, Mon- in Montreal, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so we're watching The Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. I wish is- she was here. I mean, it's a hell of a tattoo on the on the DVD cover. I haven't seen it, but I don't know. I don't even know where she's got it. Is it everywhere? I, on the cover of the poster, it's on her back. There you go. But I don't know. Sense. I mean, it's a dragon tattoo. And there's been a sequel to this. And I, I might have seen the sequel, but I didn't see this original. And well, I'm... The- Really there, excited. There's an original trilogy that's, and I, I'm not. I'm going to get the the country wrong, but I want to say it's like Finnish or something. The original. Oh, they finished it. Yes, is that what you mean? Bum bum. Uh, Hello. No, the original. See, I always, people always make fun of puns, but I'm like, well, well you didn't think of a pun, didn't, but not to you because you're you're my director. Your hair uh, director. Did they make a sequel to this one though, or? I think so, but I'm yeah. afraid to look it up. I, thought, I know. I know they talked about it, but uh, but that maybe that's a, a giveaway that it didn't do well because I don't remember if they. With, with, but I don't think David Fincher would do a sequel. So no. So I mean, if he would have, David Fincher would have directed a sequel to Seven. You know what it would have been called? Eight. But um, so, but no, no, but um, because that was really that was, mathematically anybody that's an accountant is snick, smiling they're, right now. They're they're on the floor, Bob. <laughs> yes, people that do their own taxes are are they're dying. They're laughing. So that's all I know about this movie. I know it's like David Fincher. Uh, I know the cast, and I know that it's like a remake. These are and the, the movie we're making has something not in common with every David Fincher movie because he gets 50 takes for every shot if he wants it. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna cap it at 49. <laughs> I'm but really all, good on my 42nd because The yeah, Secret to Life is 42. <laughs> I, have a, I have a don't panic shirt, Bob. Now we're gonna, you're going to find out that we're, we're already connected because this happened. But, but uh, I have a psychic thing. I don't know how to explain it. Nicholas will tell you it's really weird. Anybody that's ever worked with me or known me, I have things. And I don't – I just go, yeah, we all have it. But, but that – I say it a lot because it was in the Motorcycles Guide to the Galaxy. And I found out in my life that my life changed. That's when I um, left my first wife, actually. And that was a long time ago because I'm going to be 65 this year. But I look, you know, 
Like my, wife's, like, my wife's gonna be 42, so that's the secret to my life. So you, you she look a good 44 right now. She's she looks about 32, and I don't think I look 65. No, you know, because even in the room, I'm I'm using lighting to prove that. <laughs> we Wait till I party. ask you. You do, but that, they can't help me. Not when the neck flange, because uh, you know the neck starts happening. And I know there's there's a uh, there's a lot of roosters here, but the turkey neck is something that older people get, and yeah. I have it sometimes, and then other times I don't. And in color timing, you can take it out, which I did on the last thing I did. But sometimes it looks great when you pet up. So that will be the first thing I'll say to you, and I'll slip the camera operator, you know, twenty bucks. Although I have no cash on me because I don't know what it is anymore. It's Cayman like, dollars. Is it really? It's called Cayman Dollars, which sounds like fake a fake money thing, but that's just because like, or K dollars or something. That's so it's like bitcoins? No, no, no. It's just called Cayman Dollars. <laughs> so they invented for such a small population. Their it own. is a it is a country, so they have their. I own thought currency. it was under British. It's under, it's, a, it's under British colony rule. They have, it's called Cayman dollars, but they also operate on U.S. funds. So if you use your credit card, they'll convert it over for your credit card right away. So I can use an ATM. There's one in the hotel, yep. I assume. 100%. So, because I want to give people money. It's like, what's weird is they'll let me leave the room. And when once they do, the first thing I'm going to do is go to the ATM because I got to leave something for this person. I mean, I although I'm doing my own sheets tonight. Right. <laughs> did it all. The, the everything's out of here. It looks like almost ready for a housekeeper to go. I can't believe this guy is Danny Tanner. I can't yeah. believe it. This place is <laughs> spick and span. Good for him. <laughs> right. Good for that character. That's no more. <laughs> so, so what do you know about, or what, what, what about this movie? Are you a fan of David Fincher? I adore David Fincher. I, I think what do you, where do you stand on David Fincher? I really, really enjoy David Fincher. And this, I don't know why this one slipped by me. Right. Um, well, you know, there, there are very few people that can make a movie that is really horror and suspense based and is a whole world of it and has an odd pacing to it. Sometimes slow, like seven was really slow sometimes. And then incredibly fast because he knows about pace and how he sees it and he does shoot a hell of a lot he always has the best actors and actresses but what i i love about him is i guess for me he's the closest to a i don't a kubrick kind of guy in that no matter what he makes i want to see it yeah in that it's going to be different than other people's stuff and it's like you're you're not watching a Michael Bay movie, which is also you expect a certain level of that kind of movie. But this is a filmmaker's movie and a horror movie like Silence of the Lambs is not. I went to the premiere of it uh, with a friend of mine who was running one of the studios and um, Jonathan Demi knows how to make a movie that other people would make sheer violence in seven is one that I would say it's obviously a classic and it's incredibly upsetting. And so is Fight Club. Yeah. Uh, you, you're, you don't know what's happening. It, it messes with your brain. Now people get that from a lot of, of the shows they've been binging that have been catering to that level also, which have mm -hmm. a lot of violence in them and probably more nudity in the binging shows, but not, not all of them. But I, I just love pretty much everything he's done. I mean, and I'm sorry I didn't see this. 
And that's just it. And even like these movies that are my favorite, they're still just well crafted and made. You know, they're not they're not boring. You know, it's like it might not be your favorite, but I think there's there's very few where I walk away going, eh. But like most of them, like you mentioned, Fight, I mean, Fight Club changed my life. When that came out, like that movie just like hit me like a ton of bricks. Did you start beating the shit out of people? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, it was, but it you was didn't talk about it. You don't no, talk, talk about it. Well, we're talking about it now. You just ruined the rules one and two. <laughs> oh, no. I <laughs> talked about it. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I know the cast. I don't know the plot. I know kind of like I get a sense of the tone, but that's all I know going into this thing. Right. I know... A, two cast members of it, but um, I also know that it's one that no matter what you're looking at in film history, it gets mentioned in there somehow. Yeah. And I, it's just odd. Why did we not see it? Because he does make long movies. Sometimes it's like, I don't have two hours and 50 minutes to spend. But, but tonight we do. We do. We're going to actually watch this at the same time. Yeah. And so I've that- never done this with another person. Oh, it's going to be special, Bob. (laughs) All right, that's a good place to dive in. Let's do it. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. How you doing? (laughs) Good. Oh, my. I have questions. How about you? You got questions? All right. I don't know if I have any answers, but uh, that was a journey. It was a journey. It, it, it shows what a filmmaker the guy is. I mean, other people could not have made that movie. Yeah, it's interesting. Like not knowing and not having read the book, the one like critique I had off the top was that it felt, and that and that's just the way he would make it, no matter what. But just like given like you know um, her character and the world, it's like it almost feels a tinge too sleek. Just in yeah. the way that it's like there's a grittiness to the source material in her that the film doesn't give itself, um, which is okay. But I think uh, because I still think he's he's done a tremendous job here. But it was one of those things where I'm like, huh. It's like it just felt like it should almost have like, like almost. And and it's not that he hasn't done it in other films. Like Fight Club definitely has like more of a layer of grime on it than this film does. Right. It's also, where he's. This- is that as a filmmaker now too? This is like a Lacar mystery. I mean, it's it's really like you're you're going through. It's it, in in this day and age, it's a mystery thriller. Even though it's incredibly violent in some ways, I mean, it, it takes you through a lot of his films when you see the themes. Yeah, but like the moment here comes spoiler alerts. The moment you see you see Stellan Skarsgård, you go, oh well. He's a killer in yeah. the moment. Because when you see an actor that good and you've seen them do killers in other movies, you just know he's not there just to be a good actor in a few scenes. Yeah, you know? he's not there just to play the son. Right, right. You know there's there's a ton of these movies. Yeah, that, that makeup job on him when he gets hit by the the, the iron? The, yeah, the in the car. Iron, when he's, that's, yeah. Anyway. That's the other thing about this movie. There's so many... I mean, he shoots so much that you have everything you could possibly need. I mean, he 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 cut cuts away, and it's all. I mean, it feels like a Hitchcock way to work that he has a shot list that he knows what he's going to do anyway. I mean, like everything he knows exactly. You know, Hitchcock had three hundred fifty page scripts or whatever. It was a Bible that would hand people. This is like. I mean, the thing is, it's a series, you know, it, it's it's a it's, it was a book. It's it's a whole bunch of movies. I didn't know that. 
Um, I remember that. I remember when the books were out because I remember just on the subway in Toronto, like that's all people were reading for a while. Like it was, right. it was the big thing that that trilogy of books. Yeah, uh, and and um, she is uh, Salander, and she was in the girl who played with fire, and the girl who kicked the hornet's nest, and the girl in the spider's web, which I heard of, and then and that's 2015. So yeah, Claire know, Foy played her in that one, I think. And I saw that one, and I loved it. So I didn't realize it was this character. Yeah, but different, not not necessarily a direct sequel in terms of this movie, but just more like the next in the series of books. She was fantastic. Yeah, she is. Um, what have I what have I seen her in? Rooney Mara. She was she had a small part in the social network, which is where they would have first worked together. She was in that opening scene with uh, Jesse Eisenberg, that date scene that goes on for 10 minutes. That scene. Yeah. Yeah. That, that great scene. That, uh, but that's, I think that's all she's in in the movie. She's the one that like breaks his heart, not breaks his heart, but kind of pisses him off and leads him to getting drunk and inventing Facebook in the first place. Right. She was in Carol, as, as I look here, which she starred in, directed by Todd Haynes. And, uh, she was nominated, she was nominated for Academy Award for, was it this? I'm looking right now. Could be. All I don't know why we always look at that. People always look at that and go, "Oh, was it nominated for an act? You know, for an Oscar?" That's so important to people, but it does it, come up because she's pretty amazing in this thing. Yeah, it wasn't nominated for best picture, but it won best editing, which is a pretty rare feat. And that makes sense. I was thinking the the editor and the cinematographer were like, I mean, the DP's like nuts. That's yeah. like crazy shit stuff that you don't see that often you know they they can hook up rigs to cars all the time but you know it's a it's a moving crane on a fast vehicle with a with a motorcycle in front of it yeah as simple as it was that car and motor that car and motorcycle show it's just it's visceral right it's not just like because you see all these fast and pures all these movies and it's just cut 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 but when it's you're not doing cg it, it's not cgi it's a movie you know they they made it like a real move they shot it yeah <laughs> that's just know, it right yeah when yeah. that car's flying through the air that car's flying through the air that's what i love that's the thing i i miss in movies and yet it a lot of things can't be done. You can't go destroying worlds, but you know, they were out in the, wherever they were. I don't know. It must be a famous bridge somewhere. Well, they um, shot it in Sweden. Um, Stellan Skarsgård, I was reading after, said it was the first time in 20 years he'd actually be, made a movie where he could sleep in his own bed at night. And what a despicable creature, you know, he had a nice setup. It really goes back to vibes of, of torturous Nazis. Uh, throughout you know you get that that's what you're dealing with is people that ascended from them yeah or yeah. descended i don't know yeah you're descending if you're if you're if your grandparents your parents are nazis in this thing it's mm -hmm. also was written by a swedish writer i just i hate to say that and scott rudin you know everything he produces he just finds great material wherever he goes and Steve Zalian wrote it who's an amazing yeah, it's really it's really everything's 
done, I don't feel like I got my nut from it. You know? No, it's like, I, 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 I appreciated it more than I loved it. Like I thought it was, I really enjoyed it, but I walked away going, yeah, I can see why I wasn't like drawn into that one when it first came out the way I have been some other Fincher movies. Right. Uh, just in right. terms of like feeling absolutely like I needed to see it. And even watching it along, even though I was enjoying it, you're just waiting for the two of them to, to, to meet up. And they yeah. meet up in the middle, which is really appropriate. Then I go, oh, that's why this is a long ass movie. And yeah, it, it, took half, of... it, took, it took a whole movie to get to the point where they meet up. And it was old school in the way that it started. Um, yeah. You know, I was talking about this before that I've been talking about it a lot, actually, for some reason, because of the world. But Dr. Strangelove's a 20 minute documentary at the front about the bomb. Nobody's in it. Doesn't have actors in it yet. You know, and, and you couldn't do that to people today. People would walk out or there is no walking out. People would turn it off because they don't realize that there's a reason for the farce you're about to watch. Um, but this thing, I wanted them to be together at the end. That's what really upset me. I mean, the growth, it's really about women who are uh, abused and and raped. And that to me... And Daniel Craig was really good at it. Yeah. And he's a good man, which is why he wasn't, uh, he's not as aggressive, you know? He's, he gets caught deer hit in headlights a bunch. And I wanted her to wind up with him at the end as a romantic. That's just that. And he, and he plays a, like a regular human being. Like he's, and this is right around the time of the James Bond movies. But he's It was right gay. after Casino Royale, he made yeah. this. But he's gained weight. Like he looks like a human being. He he's not his chiseled self. Like he purposely gained weight for the movie just so he could look like a like a reporter would look, and not like a. He's still he's still like pretty good. He still looks I pretty wish, good. I wish I had that six pack still. Yeah. But but, and she's a realization of this thing. I mean, that's just like. Yeah. All, all the piercings apparently were real. I think everything was real. It looked like, although he just lays there, which is good. It made me feel a little bit better rather than. <laughs> but no, he, she was, she was. She went you know, for it. She did. I mean, she's just gone, okay, we're, I'm going to climax on screen. Now yeah, I just, just got, not a lot of people, now everybody's going to want to watch it. Well, just all those scenes where she's dealing with her, I guess her counselor, is that what that guy is? The the monster who He was she, supposed to be, yeah, it's kind of like... A um, guard, guardian kind of counselor in charge of her... It's what I have outside my door now, but it's... Yeah, that guy. It's, no, it's when you're, yeah, it's when you're under house arrest and, you know, we're, it's the same thing as a mental patient. It's someone you have to check in. It's a parole officer, really. Yeah. And and uh, that was fantastic. That might have been one of the best things about the whole movie. Well, that's just it. Like her, her setup and storyline was great. The rest of it felt like it could have chugged along a little faster. But hers is great because it gives you, it shows you how smart she is, but that she's also just tortured. Um and sets up, like you said, this theme of abuse. Um, and, and also it gave, it gave her, and that's why it's like, it's almost her movie. No, it is her movie because yeah. she's the one that's got the, a personal emotional stake with what the A story is, which Daniel Craig doesn't really, I mean, he plays a discredited journalist who needs to get, you know, but that's what we, we don't care. You know, in, about no, and it's her. like, did he even win at the end? It seems like he did because the guy that he was being discredited by is dead. 
And who's the love of his life at the end? Who's he with? He's not with, is he with, uh, um, oh my God, Matt, um, we, he just died. He's, in, he's one of the stars of the movie. Um, uh, Christopher Plummer. Yeah, is he? Is that Christopher Plummer's daughter that was missing that he ended up with? I missed that. I mean, yeah. who's he with? Who's his girlfriend at the end? Because he said he was going to go see his daughter. Yeah. And I don't think you hold hands with your daughter like that. Maybe you do. Maybe that was an ambiguous ending. I don't think you do. No. It's interesting. Well, she, cause she, I guess she becomes cause she's the heroine of the series and goes off and has all these other adventures with seemingly different people. So he, his character, I think doesn't carry over, which is fascinating because he's the, you wouldn't, point. Yeah. you wouldn't think David Fincher would make a movie that had been made. It was a book series and they'd made three movies, four movies before it um, with other actresses. It's just interesting that he jumped into that. It's like directing a Bond movie in a way. Well, even the first one, like the original only came out two years before this one, the first Sweden, Swedish movie. So it wasn't like he was, rem- he was remaking movies that were practically art. So you almost have to think that it's like this movie must have been in development before the other one was even released. You know, so it's like technically a remake, but barely, because if you think about this, the timing of movies, you know, for them to release the movie in 2011 and the first one came out in 2009, they had to have been shooting it. But it wasn't know. the same movie. It was a different, different no, the, story. Wasn't the, dra- it? the Dragon Tattoo. The Dragon Tattoo uh, Swedish I, version was out just only two years earlier, I think. Oh, but it was a Swedish cast? Yeah, it was a, a Swedish trilogy. Was, I'm not putting it, down that it's a Swedish cast, but... No, no, no. Well, it's a Swedish... The book is Swedish, too, right? Yeah. Um, and so but, they... But I'm just saying, it's, it's one of those rare occasions where the remake is just on the heels of the original to the point where it's almost not even a remake because it's so fast. Right. It's like... Um, They're being developed at the same time, which is also like it, a rights thing. How do they... Well, it's happen? like... Um, well, it's... 15 years, I guess, between Wings of Desire by Vim Vendors and then uh, City of Angels, which is the Americanized, you know, gushy version, you know, with Nick Cage and and uh, and uh, Meg Ryan. And, and the original was so amazing. I mean, it's not the same movie at all. Yeah. But th- I'd be interested in seeing the other one. I, I like Girl on the Spider's Web now more than I did before, but I think it was a little more fulfilling for me than this one. I'll have to check that one out. Cause that one, uh, that well, let's one... just do that now. Let's yeah. just watch that. I just, I would have liked to, yeah, you're right. She's a loner at the end. It has a, it is a dark James Bond. She's a dark, dark figure, but she's one of those almost Marvel type figure or, or when, um, Scarlett Johansson played that character, not black, but not black yeah. widow. You're thinking, no, no, she played, um, it was one of those movies, like Charlize did one. With, oh, you know, well, isn't that the one she played the Asian character that got everyone shit all over it? Is that the one you're talking about? No, not that one. Um, let me look it up because that's all. That's basically what I'm doing here. I'm just <laughs> to the internet. <laughs> well, it's like I gotta know something. Bob, let's talk about it. Yeah, but I don't get it. Um, no, but that's the fun. That's and that's kind of the fun of it is like it is like discovering the movie right away, right after like even though your thoughts aren't fully formed. Right. Um, it was, uh, I'm there. Um, damn it. 
it's it's a it's a woman's name, and I don't, I'm not finding Lucy. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Well, that, that one's but she's almost playing uh, not a computer, but there's something supernatural about that movie, isn't there? Right, I never, that, I never that's saw Luc Besson. So that's that's a great director, and he wrote it also. So. And he he made some he made Nikita, um, he made a lot of stuff. He made Taken. I mean, he he knows how to make a movie. That's that's what this has elements of that. It feels like a European film in many ways. That's what I liked about it. It does. Ha- it started off more gritty, and I didn't mind the length of getting into it, even though you know we're sitting here late at night looking at it. Yeah, but. And then when they meet, I'm feeling requited then. I'm feeling good. And and then they checkerboard. They're checkerboarding them the whole time. David is. The editor, that's that's why you get a, you know, a win is because it's, it's pretty amazing to keep the pace going. And you're right. The other story with Daniel Craig is, is a slower paced thing. And it doesn't have the payoff at the end with Christopher Plummer. It doesn't really mean anything. I for, You forgot, it's been an hour and 12 minutes, yeah, tw- an hour just, and a half. Yeah, you just don't really care about it. And that's where it's just like, it, sh- it would have been, it would have been stronger for me just to center around her. Um, and then bring, and then you bring it in where, as opposed to like kind of setting it up around him and then she gets introduced and then eventually they collide where, you know, the heart of the story is her. Uh, Cause she has that emotional connection. Um, and she's a and loner. She's, and her dad did this to her. She killed her dad, she says. Um, so we're looking at what happened in this thing the same way as her. I mean, it's a good story. It's a really good story for her. But at the end of a James Bond movie, you know, it looks like he's winding up with them, but it's not. It's a fling, you know, he's, you know, and it's over the top. But Ian Fleming didn't mean it to be. I mean, he did, of course. I mean, it's the future. But he's on, you know, Thunderball or whatever movie it was. He's on a life raft with a girl and they're going to be found one day. Let's not let him find us. And he kisses her and that's the end. But they still are lovers for a little longer. This one, it's over between her. But she's got billions of dollars at the end. That's the other thing. Yeah. Well, now now she can fund her own investigations, I guess, is, is kind of where that leads. I wonder if they're making another movie. Do you know? I have no idea. Like it's almost, it almost feels like they'll probably like, there's no, uh, cause there was 2050. There, there's been like five years between each one. So I feel like if they do, it would be with, with different cast again. Um, I think there, I think there was plans earlier that right after this one was to make, was to keep her and do more. Cause I was reading, um, an interview with her just talking about how she got all the piercings and she kept the nipple one in because she's like, that's one I don't want to get redone. And just in case we do a sequel, I'll leave it in. Which, I mean, that's commitment to a part. Right. Well, this is May 26, 2020. I've got for you some intel. Uh, the project, which is currently titled The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, will not be a sequel or continuation of the story from the books or the films into which they were adapted. It will instead take Salander uh, and place her in today's world with a wholly new setting, new characters, and a new story. What the hell? Even though they, are they, what, what are the they hell? doing? It's Amazon. Uh, it's oh, they're Am- doing it as a series? It's a series. Oh, that it's makes sense. I was gonna say, this would make a good series. I'd watch it, that. It'd be a great series. It would, it would feel like the shows that people are digging a lot right now. That's just it. I, I could stick with this. I, I just finished watching um, 
which I'm going to do as a standalone episode in my, in my podcast, this uh, Japanese series of uh, samurai films called Zaruichi, uh, which um, is Shin- Shintero Katsu is the, the lead. And it's just about this blind swordsman who has like, amazing reflexes. But each it's one of those things where it's like each story is, he's, and he's like a weird James Bond type character too, where there's all these tropes inside of that. It's like, he's a gambler. He's always with prostitutes. There's always like, either an unfortunate woman or a child he's saving. So it's like these things like create their own formulas around them. So I'm right. I'm curious since you've seen the other one and I haven't, do you find that this, like there was any similarities in terms of her character and just like tropes between the two that you can remember? I know that she's, she has more, it felt like more of a superhero type of thing. And it, it felt like she just like mission impossible comes in on wires and does crazy intense stuff and gets rid of the bad guy. I don't feel like there's a relationship in it. I don't remember one. I remember just being impressed by her and it's, it moves, it moves really well. Yeah. It's, well, this you know, one she feels more grounded. Like she feels like, you know, a very uh, broken human being, but a human being. Like even when she's going after Skarsgård on that motorcycle, it's like, the way he shoots it, like you feel like she could die here. Yeah, she, she doesn't. But I knew she wouldn't. I knew sure. she she would not follow the stereotype of you, you're coming up on somebody on a bridge on the left, and all they do is bash into her. She just, you know, knew what she was doing. She's a super navigator and totally in the moment. So he ended up crashing into the side and flipping, and he was all fucked up. So yeah, but all I meant was that she doesn't feel invincible the way like no. you look at you look at so many of these like modern movies where you just feel like well that person's never gonna get hurt obviously you felt like there were some stakes in it still I, I yeah i was worried i was worried for her even though i know there's like more movies in the series yeah i i was well she did it for love so that's why i knew that fincher wouldn't take that to a negative place she really loved loved daniel craig seems like the first man that ever treated her well in her whole life yeah, that scene where they both, where she just turns to him and says, I like working with you. It's just like, you feel like that's the first time she's trusted anyone ever. And, or felt safe. About, and, and he said, sweetly, I've never seen him so sweet. That smile. Know, and I like working with, I like working with you too. And then that's why it seems strange at the end that he didn't want to meet up with her. And he didn't, and she outsmarted him. He's watching her as a blonde on monitors and it's real clear. And if he was her match, because they were in sync together, he would have gone, oh my God, that's her. And she gave him the money. And it's so quickly, he literally was a numbskull. He had no idea how incredibly, because she revved it up to show us, oh, wait a minute, she was holding back. This girl thought it all out, did it all perfectly to the T. Usually these movies are all about that. Someone finally gets in, they get the codes, they go to the place. And then it ends up getting botched and everything, you know, Yeah, they need, to, they need to do it a different way. Yeah. And this was like, I liked that. Usually I don't like five endings. This movie had five endings. But yeah, the fact that she was able to go and do, do her business and get the hell back like in a second. I didn't even know where she was burning her passport. You know, I'm like, wow, that was good. And then 
It's just, it's just, um, it's a little bit of a wet noodle at the end. It just kind of, and the director you're talking about, the Japanese stuff you were watching, is it like a modern day Akira Kurosawa? It is like Toshiro Mifune type hero? Cause he was in all of his movies. Yeah, and Toshiro Mifune was in one, there was actually one of them is Zatoichi meets Yojimbo. There's one of those, like the number 20. Oh my God. It's, a, it's a 25 film series. Uh, and but they're all entertaining as hell because he is so Shintaro Katsu is the is the star, and he eventually becomes like the producer of movies too. I think he even directed two of them. But um, it, yeah, it takes place in in like you know 1600s Japan, and and uh, and you know the age the golden age of samurai. And it's just he's like a nomad. He wanders from town to town, and he he's uh, you know he just helps out where he can. He's a, he's a yakuza member, but he's like he but he's not like an evil Yakuza. He was, and he's just one of those guys that is just tormented by the bad stuff he's done in his life. And now he just wants to make up for it all. But he's it, blind it, and he's amazing. It, he's blind. Yeah, he's blind. But it's, and also just like watching his blind acting is phenomenal. And the stuff, some of the stuff they're doing, like they're not doing any camera tricks because all these movies were made between 1962 and like 1973. And then later on, he did it as a TV series and did like 100 episodes. So he played this character for like 20, 30 years. Uh, but just like some of the things they're doing, practically, you're watching going, how the fuck did they do that? Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Because uh, they're not using CGI or practical effects. Like He's cutting candles in half and it's still burning on both sides. Like that kind of stuff. Where he's doing one clear shot where it's like, that's not even like an insert. You just did that. Well, that's in uh, either San, Sanjuro or Yojimbo. I, I had a whole film course where all I did was watch every Akira Kurosawa movie where yeah. he throws a knife and he pins a butterfly to the ground. Yeah. yeah and they, he's doing stuff like that throughout. Yeah. And it's either they put filament on the knife and ran it backwards, but I don't think so. I think we, I was looking at him doing it. You just shoot as many takes as you need. Yeah. Yeah, there's some impressive stuff going on there, but it's just—it's just there's so many of those great characters, and she's one. So I could—I could totally see how it becomes a series, you know, where she's every—it's a case of the week kind of thing. It's almost the perfect because that's I'll what you watch it. I mean, it's—it—it it fits in with the kind of stuff we're using as an escape right now. Yeah, and she's a dark character, so she's flawed and interesting and, and smart. And that's what you want—you want a character who's good at what they do, but they're fucked up in some way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and if there's sex in it, there, there, there's the bonus for the audience. So you bring everybody to the table. Yeah, did She's it a say fe- empowered female lead? Did it say who is playing her? Let me go in, there. In, uh, Let me go Amazon back series? to my my Google world. Um, they're developing, uh, created by Stieg Larsson. Um, he's see. the he's the author of the original books. Uh, no writer or lead actress is oh, okay. currently attached. Yeah. It was interesting to see the people that were attached to this original remake. It was like that they were considering there's, there's Anne Hathaway and Ellen Page. Scarlett Johansson was considered. Um, so going with Rooney was a really inspired choice because, you know, I'm sure he could have had any A-list actress he wanted for that. And, you know, at the time she was you know not an unknown, but not necessarily like a box office name, you know. No, she got but Fincher doesn't need that anyway. No, he doesn't. And she got it for the reason that, well, so everybody needs it, but they don't if they have someone, as Liam Neeson would say, with a special set of skills. And, you know, she was doing crazy stuff on camera. She just um, disappears into the role. Yeah, she was the role. And 
And I think she took Daniel Craig to a deeper place because of where she went. Yeah, he rises up to her. Exactly. Well, there's that, that whole like her rape scene where she's just like, like is just. That's Fincher at that level that we talked about before we watched the movie. That's like, oh, God, what's he going to do? He's going to make a real quality version of that Silence of the Lambs shit that makes you sick, what that guy does. But they deserve what they get. Oh, yeah. That tattoo she leaves on his stomach is. uh... But you don't feel bad for him because he's a human pile of garbage. And but, he, he's a sexual predator and a rapist. And there, that's the theme of this movie is that um, rape does not pay, but it takes <laughs> it takes 50 years. I, I don't know if I needed a movie to tell me that. But no, uh, yeah. I used to have a really bad joke in my stand up, which was, um, you know, it's I just want to go out and say this. that it's, I said something to someone and you're. Are you a rapist? I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend any rapists if they're here. I just, I'm just asking him because that's how politically correct you have to be. There's a whole society of rapists that get that want to cancel you. Yeah. You know? like, don't don't you rape shame me? <laughs> I was rape shamed. It's uh, oof. Um, I'm glad I watched it. That was really interesting, and uh, I felt yeah, like I, I had a compadre at the same time watching it. Oh, thanks. I feel like that's the only one of his I hadn't seen. So uh, I think you just completed my Fincher. I'm trying to think if there's anything else because it's from my like because I am such a big fan. I haven't seen Mindhunter, his series on his Netflix series. Nor have I. But um, sometimes when they're attached to things, they're not. Well, he did the pilot and helped develop it, but he has he. Right. Uh, I don't think he he did much more than that. I mean, Gone Girl is a is a great movie. Um, yeah. I didn't see Zodiac, but I don't want to. I I can't handle it. All right, I haven't so, seen Mank. I haven't seen Mank. Mank's all right. It's very different for him, but it's like it's got his signature stuff on it. But it's a much slower. It's interesting for especially for him. Gone Girl right. was great. Yeah, he had a long break. I guess he was working on Mindhunter, but uh, he had a big break between Gone Girl and, and Mank. Uh, what is it? The um, I like Zodiac is a real slow burn, but it's really enjoyable. And it was just recently that I rewatched. Um, the game. And the I game's how, a good I for, movie. I forgot how good it was. It's a really good movie. And I like Benjamin Button. Yeah. I really did. It was very sad, but uh, I. it's interesting the things, if you look at the things he's produced, it's pretty wild. He started, you know, in, in more music stuff with Madonna and... Well, he was Aaron a music Smith. video director for the longest time, right? Like that was right, his, that was right. his, uh, his beginning, and then Alien Three was his first. He was directing Golden Globe primetime awards, like a lot of them. It's crazy the background some people have. Yeah, he was, yeah. He, he Everybody's got to come from somewhere, and well, he, he, but he was like back, and this is like the in the heyday of music videos, right? Like he did music videos for Billy Idol, Madonna, George Michael, Michael Jackson. Rick uh, even, Springfield, he, you know, nine he, he inch did nails. Rick Springfield's. He did Nine Inch Nails. Wow. Well, that's how, and because it's, it's Trent Reznor and Atticus um, that, that did the music. Yeah, and there was even the, the Nine Inch Nails shirt on the guy, which was appropriate. There was another him. movie recently that Trent did the music for, and it was unbelievable. He's phenomenal. Good. It's He's, interesting if you watch. There's a great uh, bonus feature on the Social Network Blu-ray that shows how uh, Trent and Atticus work together, and it's just like they just create a whole bunch of stuff, and then. Trent goes and just like mines it 
and like and finds it and like takes a little piece from this and a piece from that and just kind of totally rearranges it. But it's like they're. Well, process- he makes a movie like this so well because he's got a he gives it a pulse and he gives it the intensity that like a James Horner would have done in the heyday of those movies. Did he do the Silence of the Lambs music? He might have, or because the Silence of the Lambs music, you know, uh, it's insane. It's um, that's, you know, if you have great music, oh, it's Howard Shore. Yeah. Yeah. Howard Shore. He, 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 he does a comedy. Yeah. I'm sorry. He does good work. He, he absolutely does. He's, he's talented that Howard Shore. No, when you find the right composer, when, when, when you get, when you find, when, you know, filmmakers find the right composer to work with, or they just know the language. Uh, it, it's amazing. Like I'm just in the middle of, uh, I just finished spotting uh, a movie I shot back in September with my, my regular composer. And just like, I could hang out with that guy for just days on end because just when we get to having the nerdiest conversations and just like riffing and, and inspiring each other and just like the little ideas and the way we can talk about things in an abstract way that he can go off and then make a, a thing out of it. So yeah. When we, were, when we were doing James versus future self, he's like, what do you see the overall sound? And I said, it's blade runner is if scored by Brian Wilson. And he's like, all right, I know what to do with that. Wow. And then off he went, you know? So uh, it's a, 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 a sweet, futuristic, uh, dramatic uh, tension, right? So it's sweet and tense. Yeah. And he made it work. And then like, he brought in like the theremin and just little little tweaks and just little things and gave it that r- a real... Uh, and I didn't, I wasn't 100% where I, where I, sure I, what I meant by that when I said it, but I was just... But there's something that felt right about it. And he at least knew what the hell I was talking about enough to, to kind of like translate it into something. That's, isn't that a gift to watch that, to, to hear that? I told you, I just talked to Ben Folds for his podcast and he did mine and he can pretty much do anything also. And he's been offered film scores. He's written songs for movies that didn't yeah. get used and then they were used in another movie. He's friends with Richard Curtis. So there was a movie called About Time and Ben yep. had the, the song The Luckiest, which is... A crazy uh, that song breaks my heart it's it's a, so good. it kills you it kills you it's the most beautiful song and and it it was written for another movie and um and it wasn't used and he was so sad it wasn't used because it was a big um steady cam shot that was the length of the entire song and ben wrote it to the length that. of that steady cam shot and i don't know if they used the masters for that or he just did it again for about time's a great movie. Did you see yeah, that? I like that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Gleason, right? It's um, Dalmo Gleason. Is that who was the lead of that? That's who that is. Yes, and okay, yeah. um, and um, what's her name? Everybody in the world loves her. Um, uh, Rachel McAdams. Yep. Who doesn't love yeah. Rachel McAdams? But but the the thing that I wanted to mention was that Trent Reznor and um, Atticus Ross wrote with John Bastis Soul the soundtrack. To that, did you see Soul? They worked on the yeah the new Pixar, right? Y- yep. Did you see it? Yeah, I didn't know they worked on it. They did. They wrote the music. That's phenomenal because they did all the music. When you see hear that piano, that's Bastis. Um, and then, but did I say his name right? Batiste. Sorry. And Trent and Atticus worked on that's that soundtrack is 
Um, that's going to win best soundtrack. I, I, I don't think they're going to go with best animated soundtrack. I think it's just going to be up there. That movie is one of the best movies of the year. It's it was phenomenal. Sure. And it was, it was a weird movie because it was like you watch it. This, I watched it with my kids, but going there, I'm like, this is more for me than it is for them. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's it's in a way it's Pixar's first adult movie that kids could watch, too, as yeah. opposed to like the other way around. It's but, uh, uh, it's it's that that movie is um, it's amazing. It, it that that's I thought it was a, one of the most perfect things. And you know those things take four years to make. So yeah, they don't mess around though. They know what they're doing over there. Yeah, they meticulously do the script. I actually went in and I guess you'd call it consulting, but I I was almost I was considered to be the director of Madagascar. So I was in there. And Katzenberg said we think you might be the director, but then they don't. You're you're not you're on salary as a I don't know what I was on salary as you know you just I, I was there for like five weeks I wrote like some of the good jokes in the movie and started to be directing it and then it ended up which they do a lot they ended up giving it to the animators yeah and that made sense to me anyway because I'm not sitting there looking at a lot of cells I mean I I did but I'm not I don't I don't think in that kind of way it's like yeah it's like directing four camera television i i don't even want to look at a quad split i don't know i, I like single camera stuff I, that i i adore but um yeah it's almost like with, with the quad with the the the, the multi-cam it's almost like it just it, it shoots itself and you're just there to work with the tone of the cast because it's like there's there's only so much you can do with the visuals of that medium just because the cameras are going to get in the way of each other if you do try to do anything special. Yeah, and you got to go, hey, John, once over to the right a little bit. You know, it's like, that's my job, you know, but the job is working with the actors and blocking yeah. it, and they all know what they're doing anyway. It's a show in existence, so. Yeah. But this was, uh, I'm really sad we started talking about sitcom after watching <laughs> The Girl with the Dragon Tales. <laughs> Isn't it funny how these things divide? Uh, no, I really liked it. I, I liked it. I, I didn't love it. It's not my favorite of his films, but I'm right. again, it's like, it's like a pizza. It's like, even when it's not amazing, it's still a pizza. It's good. Well, this is a higher quality pizza though. I mean, this is not, oh, sure. A, this ain't no frozen pizza that we watched. This, no, no, is, no. this is made with love and care. Right. But there were a couple things missing. It was just a, it was a, it, it was a little too, um, I don't want to say greasy. I can't. I'm done with metaphors for the. I was going to say. I, I think we exhausted this metaphor. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. I'm so sorry. I can't wait to see the girl with the dragon tattoo sitcom for camera. Uh, it's going to be so good. She just comes in and they cut to the next. They don't have to do anything. They just, just come just in and she just nonstop, nonstop rape jokes. Just, just really having fun. <laughs> she just leaves tattoos on everyone. That's her signature. <laughs> I don't think we're going to see her. Uh, she will not get raped in the series. Thank no, God. but they'll probably allude to like, you know, stuff like that from her past. I doubt they'll they'll get. They'll have to because these movies were seen by the world. So yeah, especially this one. But thank you, thank you thank, for having me. Thank you for doing it. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we were able to to take this multi hour journey with each other into the. What time the, tomorrow night? Oh, you know, same time, same bat channel. I never saw the Flintstones. Let's watch that. Just from beginning to end. I like it. <laughs> I'm going to see John Goodman and, you know, it's going to be cute. <laughs>
Oh, I thought you meant the original series. But we'll just do it all. We'll pick all that. Then we'll even get into. Why don't we? I'm going to start binging the whole Flintstone animated Hanna Barbera. How many years? I'll, I'll watch them all. There must be 200 of them. I don't care. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll start with that. You got time? <laughs> I, I don't. I swear. I had a blast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.